Now, okay, we're going to be doing tonight, continuing on the birth of Shmuel Hanovi, the Shiras Hano, which we read on the prayer of Hano, which we read on the Haftoid of the first day of Rosh Hashanah, which generally it's connected to Rosh Hashanah. It says that Hashem remembered Hanah. Hannah began her pregnancy on Rosh Hashanah. I'm just going to mute everyone, but you can unmute yourself if you have any uh, questions, anything important. Feel free to unmute yourself, just there was some noise somewhere. So anyway, on the so we read about the birth of Shmuel Hanavi on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, this, the prayers of Hannah, which were answered. It mentions that on Rosh Hashanah, there were a number of barren women that Hashem remembered on Rosh Hashanah, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Hannah, or Sarah, Rachel, Hannah. So here we're going to now, as I was looking today, I found this from Ishiya Tanakh. There's a medrash called Psikta Rabosi that has Perak Mem Gimel that has a whole long thing about the story of Hannah. And he begins over here, Dover Acher, another explanation of the Pasik. There's a Pasuk in Tehillim. We read it today on the 24th day of the month. Hashem made me, normally we translate Akeres Habayis, the main one of the house and the mother of the children is happy. Now, however, here we're translating the word Akeres from the word Akkara barren. Zu Chana, this was Chana because Chana was barren. Chana was barren for many years. And, and then she had children, then she had five children or whatever, we'll see how many children. So Hannah had been the barren woman in the house and Hashem made her happy to make her rejoice by having children. The Pasuk continues, the mother of the children is happy. And that refers to the Pasuk in Parak Beis, that it says, Kipokad Hashem es Chana, Hashem remembered Chana. And as we mentioned, Hashem remembered Chana. She became pregnant on Rosh Hashanah. Vatar, and she became pregnant. Vatayna, then she gave birth. Shloisha bonim ushtei bonis, three sons and three daughters. Amra loi, she said to him, Amra loi, Chana, ribayna shilayim, ma olay laasais. What can I do now, out of, because I have to be grateful to Hashem? I will give you these songs and praises, and we have the Shiras Chana, where she praises Hashem, thanking Hashem for the amazing miracle of the children that she bore. And that is the Shiras Chana, the Tfilas Chana, that we read on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. If we get to it, we have... Yonason ben Uziel, who's a commentary, a Targum on Tanakh, writes amazing explanations of amazing prophecies that are found in these 10 psukim of Tfilas Chana. But we have at his palel Chana, Vatoimer Chana, Davin, and she says, My heart rejoices with Hashem, my keren, my horn, which is my strength, exalts in is high in Hashem. Another explanation of this pasuk: Hashem Hashem remembered Chana. Zeu Shomer This is connected to a pasuk in Mishlei. There's a pasuk in Mishlei: Mitzarev Hashem refines silver. Silver is put into a fire. 
into a burning furnace to refine it to become silver. And also the Zohav, the gold is put into under heat to be refined. And Hashem also refines human beings. Hashem gives human beings all sorts of tests and trials and tribulations. I guess right now we're going through the coronavirus, which is a very great trial and tribulation for all of humanity. But Hashem gives each person their trials and tribulations. Mahu the What is the message of this pasuk that Hashem refines the silver and the gold? Just like this goldsmith, this silversmith, he puts the silver into the fire. And he puts the gold into the furnace. He doesn't keep them too long. A good goldsmith, a good silversmith knows exactly how long you got to keep the gold and the silver in the furnace. Because if you keep them there too long, you'll destroy them. Hashem gives very difficult tests to the tzaddikim. But Hashem is very careful not to give anybody a test that is beyond them. Each, each individual, Hashem tests according to their honor, according to their situation. And specifically on Rosh Hashanah, we're talking about the amazing test that Hashem gave Hannah, that she was barren for so many years and she had this penina her husband's other wife who tortured her so and Hannah went through great difficulty but Hashem calculates the difficulty exactly what's suitable for the person. This is the refining of the silver and the gold. When do you get the silver and the gold? Specifically when it's refined similarly Hannah reached the amazing level she reached only because she was tested and refined. Mahu, what does it mean the end of the Pasuk in each person according to his praise. Hashem refines the tzaddik. Hashem puts the tzaddik through this furnace, through these various difficulties. According to his deeds, what is suitable for that specific tzaddik. We find Sara. Sara also becomes pregnant on Rosh Hashanah. On the first day of Rosh Hashanah, we read, Hashem remembered Sara. Hashem refined her for 25 years. From when they came to Eretz Yisrael, when Avram was 75 and Sarah was 65. As it is written, Avraham was 170, well, sorry, was correction. Avraham was 75 years old when he left Choron. Sarah at that time, Sarah was 10 years younger than Avraham, and she was 65. Avraham was older than Sarah by 10 years, and at 25 years she was tested of being barren because after they came to Israel, it was still another 25 years. Rashi mentions that first she was barren outside Eretz Yisrael, but when one comes to Israel, you start counting again because usually the merit of Eretz Yisrael would help, which here it still took 25 years. She gave birth, Sara gave birth, she was 90 years old. Avraham is 100 years old. As it says, 
if only at 100 years old, will he have a child? Will Sarah have a child at 90? How do Nimsa you find? Nimsa Lamed, you learn here, Shetzirfo HaKadosh Baruch Hashem refined and tested Sara for 25 years that she had a daven for children, and it was Lefi Koicha according to what was suitable for her. Verifka, the wife of Yitzchak, who was also barren for many years, Afhi Tzirfa HaKadosh Baruch Lefi Koicha, Hashem refined her and tested her according to her ability, Esrim Shana, 20 years. Minayin, how do we know that Rifka was refined and tested for 20 years? It says a Pasik, Vayehi Yitzchak ben Arboim Shona Bekafta Yes Rifka, Bas Besuel Yitzchak was 40 when he married Rifka, the daughter of Besuel. And then it says, Vayitzchak ben Shishim Shona ben Ledes He was 60 years old when Yaakov and Esav were born. So you see that they waited 20 years to have children. Harinimsus with his found Hashem tested her, Hashem refined her through this furnace as you put the gold and the silver in Esrim Shana for 20 years. Hashem refined and tested Chana according to her ability. How long did he refine her? Did he test her? Our sages say, Tisha Esrei Shana. For 19 years, Chana was tested and refined. They, hey, how do you get 19 years? Eser Shanim Yolda. First, she, he waited 10 years. O'Connor was married to Chana for 10 years, and Chana had not given birth. And because they were married 10 years, but not unless Penina, then he married Penina. And in the 10 years of marriage to Penina, the Yolda and Bonim, they had 10 sons. Shekena Tamaitse, as you find that Elkana says to Chana, Halayanoichi Tevloch me asada bottom, that my love for you, that's how Rashi translates it, is greater than my love for the ten sons of Penina. Elu Boneho Shel Penina, these are the ten sons of Penina. Vaata Noisein Shmaina Shonim Li Budim, you give eight years for the ten pregnancies, Vishana Achas Li Budish Shmuel, another year for Shmuel's pregnancy. So you have nine. Years plus 10 years, you have 19 years. And so interesting that Penina had 10 children in eight years. And then, then Hashem remembered Chana. Davar Acher, another amazing explanation. Till now, we've been translating the word Pokad, Hashem remembered Chana. Now we have another meaning. Is when you give a deposit, you deposit money in the bank, and whenever you wish, you can get it back. So Hashem says, I accept deposits. Hashem is like a banker. You give Hashem a deposit, and whatever you deposit, you can get back. Any deposit a person gives me, I give him. What does it compare to? There's a person runs a bank and people deposit money. People deposit money by him. Somebody gives a deposit in gold. You go, the one who gets the deposit in gold gets gold back. Then somebody else gives a deposit in thorns. He takes a safe deposit box and he fills it with thorns. What's he going to get back? He'll get back thorns. Bo, they come to get it back. So come to get it back. 
Everybody gets back whatever they deposited. The one who gave gold gets gold. The one who gave silver gets silver. The one who gave thorns gets thorns. So the one who gave Mish, the one who gave silver, he gives him silver. The one who gave him thorns, he gives him thorns. Sashem says, I take deposits. Whatever you deposit, that's what you get back. Whatever a person deposits with me, that's what I give back. Avraham gave deposits lives to Hashem. Avraham donated human lives to Hashem. Where do you see this? As it says, Avram took his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, and the souls they made in Choron. Now, what is the meaning of this Pasuk? Is Avram a creator? Does Avram create people? Avram doesn't make people. He's not God. Avram makes souls. Let the whole world get together and try to create even one mosquito. Us humans, we cannot create life. And you are saying it's had nefesh. I should also be on the souls they made in Choron. Did Avram and Sarah create souls? So what does it mean? It means that Avram and Sarah would do outreach. Avram was Megayan Anoshim. Avram took Jew, human beings, men, and brought them closer to understanding of Hashem. And Sarah Megayeres Hanoshim. And Sarah brought the women closer to understanding of Hashem. And when we say that Avram and Sarah made people, it means they did outreach and they brought people close to the understanding of Hashem, as we have a passage, there were wicked people who were buried, this is the people in Choron, who were very far from Hashem, and then they came and they joined up with Hashem, and Sarah would bring human beings, under the wings of the Shechina, Hashem says to Avram and Sarah, I swear, you gave me souls. You gave me the donation that all these people who Avram and Sarah connected to Hashem, I am going to pay you. That Avram and Sarah had this child, Yitzchak Hashem So normally we translate, this is the reading of the title of the first day Rosh Hashanah. Normally we translate Hashem Hashem remembered Sarah. The psikta, the medrash psikta, is translating. Hashem Hashem returned the deposit. Avram and Sarah gave deposits of human lives who they connected to Hashem. So Hashem gave them their son Yitzchak, who grew to be a great nation, the whole Jewish nation. Millions of Jews that we have. Sarah got pregnant and had a child of Avram's old age. That's like him. Amolik comes and gives Hashem thorns. As it says, Amolik fights the Jewish people on their way out of Egypt when they're in the Rafidim. And it says, He met you on the way by Yazanib he got all the weak people. So Hashem says, You they gave me a deposit thorns. I'll pay you with thorns because your thing was thorns. Your thing was to go and attack Jewish people. Your payment is that Hashem tells Shmuel to tell it, that so I, I remember what Amalek did and now go destroy Amalek. So basically Amalek donated thorns, gave deposits thorns. Hashem is giving back thorns. 
וחנו פויקטו עצם הקודש ברוך הוא נפושס. חנו גייב לייבס תהשם. Where do we see that Hano gave lives to Hashem? As it says, There was a man from Ramasayim Tzayfim. His name was Elkanah ben Eliyahu. It should actually be Yeroichem ben Eliyahu ben Toichu. So Elkanah's great-grandfather is Toichu, which is spelled with a tof. Ches, tof, vav, ches, vav. Rabbi Yoichanan says the word Toichu, which is actually tof, ches, vav, is toichu is osof. How do we get toichu to be osof? There is a famous aleph base called atbash. What is atbash? If you take an aleph and you switch it with a tuff, take a tuff and switch it with an aleph. A base becomes a shin, a shin becomes a base. A gimel becomes a reish, a reish becomes a gimel. And so we go through the whole aleph base. We make, you write, you write two lists, one with the aleph base frontwards, one with the Aleph base backwards. So the same thing is Elkanah's great-grandfather, Toichu, the Toph changes for an Aleph. The uh, Toph becomes an Aleph, the Ches becomes a Samet, the Vav becomes a Fei, and Omar Reb Yoyna, Reb Yoyna says in the name of Reb, um, one second, that it is, I'm sorry, Toichu Hu Osof. Toichu is Osof. Osof was a son of Kaira. Kaira has three sons. And one of them is Osof. And this Toichu, the great grandfather of Elkanah, is actually a son of Kaira. Osof, through the code of Atbar. Toichu equals Osof. Rabbi Yoyna says in the name of Rabbi, after all this praise that we have about Elkanah, it says, noshim. He has two wives. Why did Elkanah have two wives? Because Penina has children. Hannah has no children. When Hannah saw that she has no children, she says, maybe you should marry another wife. And in the merit that I encourage my husband to marry another wife, Hashem will see I brought my rival into my house and Hashem will remember me and give me children. So Hashem says, Hannah, yes, you encouraged your husband to marry another woman, Penina, and you donated to me these souls because Penina had these 10 children. So I'm going to pay you because you donated 10 children to Hashem. I will pay you back with children. As it says, Hashem is Chana. Hashem remembered Chana, and Chana later has five children. We have a pasuk a bit further in Perek Beis. It says, Vatar bonim. Bonis Chana gives birth to three sons and two daughters. Harei Chamisha. We see Chana has five children. But in the Shira, Chana says, how come in her song, in her tefillah, she says, Shiva. the barren woman had seven children. Shenemar, as it says, Sveim ba'lechem niskoru. Mahu niskoru, what does it mean, niskoru? Nishtakru, they became drunk. Those who had lots of bread became drunk, which means they lost the people who were very rich, lost it. Because Penina had been very rich, she had 10 children, and she lost most of her children. And those who were hungry, they stopped being hungry. They stopped their hunger because Hannah had children. The barren woman has seven. That's Hannah, who now has seven children. The one who had a lot of children became Nebuch. Now it's Penina, who lost most of her children. Now, how many children does Hannah have? Does she have five 
or do you have, she have seven? Vim Hamisha Yoldov, the Pasik says she has five children. How come it says Yolda Shiva? So we have three opinions, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nehemiah, and Rabnin. Rabbi Yehuda says Hamisha Yolda, she had five children. But because Shmuel is Shokul, Kenegan, Meshav, Aaron, Shmuel is the greatest tzaddik in Jewish history, equal to Meshav and Aaron. So Hannah has five biological children. And then one of her children is equal to Meshav and Aaron. So it's as if Meshav and Aaron would also be her children spiritually. And that's what we say every Friday night. Meshav Aaron b'chayanav, or Shmuel b'kayre shemay. Meshav and Aaron is kayanim, and Shmuel in those who call his name, which now, as we're saying, slichas, every day we have Misha'onon, and Yom Kippur will say it as well, that Misha'onon l'shmuel b'mitzvah, whoever answered, that Hashem who answered Shmuel when he davened in mitzvah, should, who yaneinu should answer us. Reb Nechemia says, Chamisha, the Chana had five children, but Ra'asa shnei bonav shal Shmuel, she also merited to see two of her Grandchildren, two of Shmuel's children. As it says, Shmuel had two children, and therefore she has seven children. She merited five sons and, and two grandsons. And that's why it says, and the rabbis say, she had five. Why does it say, it says, he gave Penin and all her sons and daughters portions, and he gave Chana a double portion. What is this? He gave Chana the portion with a very big smile, or Apayim is connected to Aponim, the nice, or Apayim could be Kiflaim double, because he loved Chana and Hashem closed her womb. Penina had a campaign that she would try as much as possible to get Chana angry. The word macheses is from the word kas, anger. Penina, Chana's rival, would constantly try to upset her. Chana would cry and she wouldn't eat. As it says, this would happen every year. Once a year, we learned last week that Elkanah, who was Chana's husband and Penina's husband, every year would take his family to the house of Hashem and Shiloh. And on that occasion, Chana would cry and she wouldn't eat. Because specifically, during the visit to Shiloh, Penina was on a massive campaign to try to upset Chana as much as possible. So when they went up to the base, Hashem, Cain Tach Isena, that's when Penina would try to upset her, to anger her, and she cried and she wouldn't eat. Then we have a posset by Yoimer Loyal Kono Isha, and Elkana, her husband, says to her, Why do you cry? Elkana says to her, You know, it's true you're barren, but our mother, Sara, the wife of Avram Avinu, she was also barren. Did Sara sit and cry all day? Sara Imenu, Sara, our mother, didn't cry. Why are you crying? And why don't you eat? Rivka, of our mothers of the Jewish people, Sara, Rivka, Rachaleya. Three out of four mothers were barren. So Sara was barren. Did she ever, did she sit and cry? Rivka was barren. Did she do this? 
did Rivka go and not eat? Was Rivka on a hunger strike? Sara didn't cry all day. Rivka didn't have a hunger strike. And then why do you feel bad? Why are you so depressed? Rachel was barren. Would she be isolated from people and depressed? So Hannah has reacted in three ways to being barren, which Sara, Rivka, and Rachel did not have that reaction. Number one, Hannah cries all day. Sara didn't cry. Hannah refuses to eat. Rivka would eat. Hannah gets depressed. Rachel wasn't depressed. And then he goes on to say, I am better for you, O'Connor says, my connection to you is greater than 10 children. These are the 10 Roshe Doides, the 10 generations from Peretz up to David. There's 10 generations, and my connection to you is more worth, greater than the 10 generations. I guess that O'Connor was also a great tzaddik, and Hannah's merits to be married to this great tzaddik. And he says, why does he say I'm better than 10 children? This refers to the 10 children of Penina. Rabbi Gordon, sorry, can I interrupt for a moment? With yes, a please. I believe I learned that uh, Penina and Hannah, I think was sisters, and Penina was trying to anger her uh, to the point where she would govern for a child. Okay, and the second thing is definitely correct about the sisters I haven't seen. Right. I'm not going to debate it. Yeah. Um, I don't think they would be sisters because there's a prohibition of marrying. Oh, true, true. Your, yeah. uh, it would be un highly unlikely that they would go against the Mitzvah Torah. Right. Try, try, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. So I but don't believe she, they were sisters. Yeah, but that but she it definitely was... says clearly, and yeah. we're going to see in this, first of all, Rashi brings it. And second of all, we're going to have it in this sikta as well, that Penina was Meshem Shamayim, she meant right. And that's why she specifically did it when they went to Shilai to try to upset her. Right. Quite interesting. If yeah. Penina is Meshem Shamayim, and it clearly says that Penina, Meshem Shamayim, this Kavna, why did Penina get punished so severely? Penina ends up losing eight out of 10 of her children. If she's Lashem Shamayim, and she is, I'm not doubting that she is. Why did she lose all those children? And it seems that even if you want to do it Lashem Shamayim, there is, uh, you could do it Lashem Shamayim without being nasty. Wasn't she a wife? She's nasty because she's trying to get Hannah to Davin. And the more nasty she'll be, the more upset Hannah will get, and the deeper she'll Davin, and the more she'll beg Hashem. That is Penina's goal. Rashi says it clearly. And we're going to see it in the Medrash as well in a minute. But isn't Maybe. that a good thing? Again, this is a good question. Is it a good thing? So it's a very hard question you're asking. On one hand, yes, she means well. You know, they say that the road to H is paved with best intentions. Were her intentions good? Absolutely, yes. But at the end of the day, she made this lady miserable. She made this lady cry. She made this lady depressed. You want to get her to Davin, don't you have a better way of achieving that? So well, is it a good thing in a way? Yes. You know, what we're going into Rosh Hashanah now, we have to, we, we're crying for our own souls. So we, we, we don't get there unless we actually blow the shofar. We've got You're right. But at the same time, you know, there's a, my father would always quote the fame favorite medish, Penino Visotan Lashem Shamayim Niskavnu. Penina and the Satan both had good intentions. 
So the Satan is an angel that has good intentions and that's their job. But yet it says that Hashem is going to take and shat the Malach HaMovis. The Satan is a Satan. So Penina has taken the same role as the Satan. In the end of the day, Penina gets punished for this. And yes, she has good intentions. Not going to debate that. It's clear. And we'll soon see quite a bit on it. I intend to deal with it both in this medrash and maybe in, we'll see Arashi as well soon on it. Now, I'll just finish this medrash. These are the 10 sons of Penina. Every time he would come, Hashem would remember Chana. Chana would yeled us bein echad. Chana would give birth to one son. O Penina kaiveres shnei bonim. Penina would bury two sons. Yod, and so obviously, if it was such a big mitzvah, she wouldn't have lost eight children for it. Yolda Chana Arba, Chana gave birth to four children, who Penina Kaiveres Shmeina, and Penina buried eight children. Vehoisa Chana Muberes, Bein Chamishi, Chana was pregnant with her fifth son. Vinisyora Penina, Penina got afraid. Shalitikber Shnei Boneo Shenishtairu. She shouldn't bury the last two children she had. So what does Penina do? She goes and asks Chana, and she says, Bivakasha Mimcha, I beg you. I give in to you. I was wrong. Penina realizes, yes, I had good intentions, but with all my good intentions, I was wrong. I know I've sinned to you. Why she sinned? She had good intentions. And she did have good intentions. Yet she says, I know I have sinned with all my good intentions. So it seems that good intentions don't, are not always good enough. Please give in to me. Allow my last two sons to remain alive. At that moment, Chana started davening to Hashem and says, Hashem, please don't cause Penina's two last children to die. Amram the fun of Chana says to Hashem, Please leave these two sons, they should be alive. Hashem tells her, I can swear by your life. The plan was these two kids were going to die as well. And because you daven for them, they should live. And they're going to be considered your children. And that's why it says, because Hannah had four or five of her biological children, and the two of Penina's children only remained alive because of Chana Davani. And Hashem says, Chana, these children, from my perspective, were going to be dead, but I'm going to leave them in your merit. And therefore, the two sons of Penina became like her children. Uh, and we're soon going to see what the, what the Mrs. Altels and Yaakov Meyer were saying. Hashem remembers Chana. What does it say there? Her rival was constantly trying to anger her. She was trying to anger Chana and anger her more. As Chana was angry, she says, oh, she's not angry enough. I have to try to upset her more. What did Penina do? Barabba says Penina would get up early. And she said, Chana, you're not going to wash your children's face. Send them to school. In the middle of the day, she would say, aren't you going to greet your children as they're coming home from school? 
And they were sitting to eat, and Elkanah would give every one of his children, of his sons, his portion. Penina would go into anger, Hannah, and she would say to Elkanah, Aren't you going to give Hannah's children? Why did she do all this? So, literally, is to upset her. She wanted to get an interesting thing. Rashi does, I haven't seen Rashi bring this. She wanted to get Chana upset on Hashem. It was for Chana's own good. She meant for Chana's good. You are getting upset at me? Chana was getting angry. Hashem, it's not fair. Chana would say, Hashem, you have all these, uh, it says Hashem was the first one to call. We learned last week in the Gemara that Hannah was the first one to call Hashem by the name Tzvokos. She said, you got all these armies and is it hard for you to give me one child? So Hannah was very upset at Hashem. So he says, you are getting upset at me, Misra Emes. And whatever, now Misra Emes can mean angry and Misra Emes, Ram is also thunder. And thunder always comes with rain. So I will remember you, as it says, Hashem Poka Deschana Batar, and she gave birth, and she has three sons and two daughters. Okay, that is the end of this psikta. And now for the time remaining, I want to go through some of the psukim inside. Oh, actually, I wanted to just go for this Bavur Harimo, if we can, to see that Rashi mentions it as well. Where can we just find that Rashi also says Bavur uh, Harimo? Yes. Rashi right here. Uh, and her rival angered her, Bavur Harimo, to upset her. Because Hashem closed her womb. So the second trial in Rashi, Bavur Harimo, she was trying to get Chana. Penina's motive was good. She wanted to get Chana to Davin, and that's why she did it when she came to Shinle. But Abi Seinu Amru, our sages say in Baba Basra, Bavur Harima to get her upset, Shetispamel to get her to Davin, Lishem Shamayim Niskavna. Penina had good intentions, she meant Lishem Shamayim. But as we're mentioning that even though Penina meant Lishem Shamayim, she still had a very severe punishment for this. So the Lishem Shamayim isn't good enough. Okay, we're going to go through some of the psukim inside. Or actually, I'm just thinking, we have very limited time. So maybe before I do the psukim inside, we'll go to the, in the Haftoida, we have the famous Shiras, the famous Shira. And we'll do, this is Targum Yoinasan on Shiras Chana is quite amazing because according to Targum Yoinasan, the whole Shiras Chana is filled with prophecy. Chana is one of the seven Neviyos, one of the seven women prophetess. And the whole Shiras Chana, she has amazing predictions. And to learn this with Yoinasan uh, Ben Uziel, just to mention about Yoinasan Ben Uziel. Yoinasan Ben Uziel, the Gemara in Megillah, Daf Gimel says, Hillel, everybody knows about Hillel and Shammai, the founder of base Hillel. So Hillel had 80 students. And the senior, the greatest of all his students was Yonas and Benuziel, who wrote the Targum on Tanakh. The Gemara Megillah Daf Gimel brings that when Yonas and Benuziel wrote the Targum on Tanakh, 
there was an earthquake in Eretz Yisrael, Arba Meyos Parsa, Arba Meyos Parsa, which is 1,600 mil, a mil is approximately a kilometer. So 1,600 approximately kilometers by 1,600 kilometers, a massive earthquake. And a heavenly voice of Basco came out and said, who is this who has revealed my secrets to human beings? So it says, the Gemara Megillah says that Omad Yonason ben Uziel, ben Uziel gets up on his feet and he says, I am the one who revealed your secrets. Hashem, you know that it's not for my honor, not for my Beisaba, for my father, for my family's honor, but I did it for your honor. There shouldn't be machlekes. And he wanted to reveal the Targum of Ksuvim as well. And Hashem, a heavenly voice came and said, don't reveal it because in Ksuvim, there is the coming of Mashiach. There is actually, the Gemara there asks, how come when Unculus wrote the Targum on Torah, there was no earthquake when Yonason ben Uziel wrote the Targum on Nevi'im, there was an earthquake. And the Gemara says, because Unculus just translates, but Yonason ben Uziel gives us all kinds of secrets hidden in the Psukim. So we're going to see now in Yonason ben Uziel's Targum, the amazing secrets hidden in the Psukim of Tfilas Chana. Uh, and she says, my heart rejoices in Hashem. Rashi translates as simple. Yonason ben Uziel says, with the spirit of prophecy. And she says, like my son Shmuel, my son Shmuel, this baby, Shmuel now is a little baby, but he is going to be a very great prophet. As we know that Hannah at age two brought Shmuel to the Mishkan and left him here for the next 50 years. So Shmuel will be a great leader and a great prophet. In his day, the Jews will be saved from the Plishtim. And through him, great miracles will happen through Shmuel, my son. And because of this, my heart rejoices. I rejoice by the portion Hashem gave me when I see that my son Shmuel will be the greatest of Nevi'im, equal to Meish and Aaron, will save the Jewish people from the Plishtim, will bring the Jewish people great miracles. Then Hannah goes on to see, not only do I have this amazing son Shmuel, but Ramah Karni by Hashem, my horn rejoices in Hashem, because besides Shmuel, I am going to have a great grandson called Haman bar Yoel. Shmuel has a son Yoel, and Yoel will have a son Haman. So Haman bar Yoel, bar Beri Shmuel, who is a son of the son of my son Shmuel, my great grandson. I'm going to have the most amazing great grandson, which I will mention that for those who are familiar with Tehillim, Tehillim Peiches is masculine. La Haman Hoazrachi is written by Haman bar Yoel. Haman bar Yoel is going to have 14 sons. And they are all going to be, every one of Haman's 14 sons will all be tzaddikim, will all have Ruach HaKadosh, and they will be the leaders of the Levium in song. We have, everybody knows, Shir Shal Yoim, the Shir Shal we have the Shira, the Levim did in the base Hamikdash, and the Levim were divided into 24 families. 
And every one of these families of singers had a leader of this group of singers. The leader was not usually from that family, but the greatest tzaddikim were of the Nevi'im who had Nevi'im with Ruach HaKadosh were chosen to lead 24 groups of Nevi'im. And in the end, when they looked for the suitable people, the 14 of the 24 leaders of the Nevi'im were the 14 sons of Haman bar Yoyal. So Hannah has a great grandson named Haman bar Yoyal who has 14 sons. Every one of them will be a tzaddik. Every one of them will have Ruach HaKadosh. And just to mention that Kairach, everybody knows that Shmuel is a descendant of Kairach, which is why Kairach actually, it says that one of the reasons he thought that he's going to get out of this, because he saw he's going to have great tzaddikim and his descendants. So Yaakov says, it's in Parshas Vayechi, where Yaakov says, don't put my honor with the congregation of Kairach. So Rashi brings, Yaakov does not want to be associated with Kairach when his family, when he'll be involved in negative things. But Yaakov says, there will be a great grandson of Kairach known as this famous Haman bar Yoyal, a great grandson of Shmuel Hanavi. And when he will be mentioned in Divrei Hayomim, and his lineage will be mentioned, there I want, and the lineage goes back through Kairach, I want his lineage, there it says, Ben Kairach, Ben Yitzhar, Ben Kahos, Ben Levi, Ben Yisroel. Yaakov does want to be associated via Kairach to his amazing grandson, Sadiq Haman Bar Yoel, this great grandson of my son Shmuel. Also the Yakum who he's going to get up, Ba'arba Eser Benohi with his 14 sons, they will say Shira through the Nevolim Vichinoirim, Imachayin Leviyoi with their brothers, the Leviim, they are going to praise Hashem in the base Hamikdash. And Hannah says, I see these 14, this amazing tzaddikim and my descendants. My horn is lifted up. I'm rejoicing. With the great gift Hashem has given me, which is quite interesting because as we read the Haftoyah, I think everybody's familiar that the Haftoyah of Rosh Hashanah is about Hannah giving birth to Shmuel Hanavi. Everybody's familiar that Shmuel is equal to Meish and Aaron, but that Shmuel has this amazing family of Haman bar Yoel and his 14 sons who are, who Hannah is excited as she is about Shmuel. She's just as excited about being the ancestor of Haman bar Yoel and his 14 sons. And I find that most people don't are not aware of that necessarily. Then she goes on to say, my heart, my mouth is wide on my enemies. Because I rejoice at how my sons, on one hand, I rejoice that I'm going to have a son, a great tzaddik, I'm going to have great tzaddikim. But I also rejoice that the Jewish people have enemies and who will deliver the Jewish people from the enemies? My son Shmuel. Nisa, And on the punishment and the miracles, the the miracles, how Shmuel is going to fight the Plishtim. The Plishtim in the days of Shmuel stole the Oren, 
they stole the Orin after the war when Eli Hakoyin, Hofni, and Pinchas took the Orin to war. And the Orin is captured, and the Orin was by the Plishtim for seven months. And who knows what's going to happen? And then Hashem made an amazing thing that wherever the Orin went, the Plishtim were struck with terrible plagues. And they sent the Orin back with a new wagon, and they sent the, these nursing cows. And the cows led the wagon, even though they separated them from their calves. And these cows took the orange and went directly to Basel, uh, Shemesh to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, the Plishtim were amazed at the way these cows did it. It actually says over there, Batisharno Haporos, the cows sang. And there's a number of opinions. We mentioned this in the Shir on the Beis Hamikdash, the various Nigunim. You're looking for a new choir. We got a group of cows. They're much better than the choir or any choir you got because they sang beautifully. And Vime, together with these cows, were sent to Karban Asham. And this is all in the merit of Shmuel Hanavi. So I am rejoicing over the amazing miracle that Hashem is going to make through my son with these cows that are going to sing and bring back the honor. The whole Jewish people will say, I will open my mouth. I can speak strongly against my enemies. There are my enemies who see only negative in me. And I will end up having this great Sadik Shmuel who was equal to Meshanari. I will have Haman Bar Yoel and his 14 sons. And I will have a son who will bring the greatest victories against the Plishtim. Now, once Hannah goes through her own son's victories, she mentions through Jewish history some other amazing miracles that will be, which she prophesizes. She goes on in Pasuk Bey's, there's no one holy as Hashem, there's no one but Hashem, there's no rock, there's no strength like Hashem. And Yonason ben Uziel says, this is a prophecy about King Sancherev. She's saying prophecy. She says, he is going to come with all his armies against Yerushalayim. And over there, a lot will done over there. His whole group, 185,000 of the officers of Sancherev will fall on Pesach night by the walls of Yerushalayim. All the nations, all the tongues, all the languages, We'll all be praising Hashem. The whole world will be praising Hashem by the downfall of Sancharev. The Yemenun and the, all the Goyim will then say, Lay ain Kodesh Kashem. We say this every morning before Enkelikainu, Ein Kodesh Kashem Kiyen Botecha. There's no one as holy as Hashem. There's no one as strong as Hashem. And when did all the Goyim make this statement? They made it when the amazing downfall of Sancharev on Pesach night when Sancherev had this massive army, 185,000 officers, and he said that they would go the next morning, everybody should take one rock from the wall of Yerushalayim. He had more soldiers than there were rocks in the wall, and yet uh, Pesach night, the whole army disintegrated, died, the, the officers died, and the soldiers ran. So there's an amazing miracle that they the dead bodies of these officers of all the nations will thank you and they will say there's no one holy as Hashem. And then in Pasa Gimel, don't speak so high. 
bad words come from your mouth. Hashem, Hashem has knowledge. Hashem has all the plans on He says this refers to the king Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And they will all be ruling over the Jewish people. Don't speak so bad. Don't have these curses coming from your mouth because Hashem is in charge of everything and Hashem is going to punish those who brought punishments on the Jewish people will be punished as is well known. Some of the punishments of Sanchev, including that he was turned into a, a, like a cow for seven years eating grass. In Pasuk Dalich, he says, the bows of the strong people would break and the weak ones became strong. And that's referring to Malchus Maktoin, the Macedonians, which were the Greeks, Alexander the Great, and his descendants, his student, his uh, generals. And she says, the Gibeidim, the Macedonians, will all be broken by the base Hashminoi. The Hashminoim were very weak. The, uh, the Greek uh, Macedonians were very strong. And great miracles will happen in the Hanukkah story against the Macedonian Greeks. Then in Pasuk, hey, those who had plenty of bread had to, hang, had to hire themselves out to get some bread. And people who were hungry had no need of hunger anymore. The Akana, the barren woman, had seven children. And the one who had many children lost her children. And this refers to Haman. That those who had plenty of bread, Haman was the richest man on earth. He was very proud of his wealth. It says in the Megillah, by Yisapir Lahem Haman, Haman goes and tells everybody, guys, you wouldn't believe how much money I have, how much children I have. Haman had more money than anybody in the world. He had a 208 children. He had more children than anybody in the world. Lots of money, lots of children. And Haman eventually, they had to hire themselves out to get some bread. And as opposed to Mordechai and Esther, who were poor and who were down, and they forgot their poverty and they were, they became free and so Yerushalayim. And they became, they were given Haman's possession. So Yerushalayim was like a barren woman and Yerushalayim, which was destroyed, will be rebuilt. Okay, this is a good note to end. We're more than, more than 45 minutes. So I'm going to wish everybody we're not going to have the Wednesdays are all yomtiv. So we're not going to have the shir the next four weeks, Wednesday night. And Amir Sashem will continue after Yom Tov, hopefully in Yerushalayim in Akhaydish.